0: What would you do if everyone said they heard your trailer a hundred times? You'd probably make a new one. I'm Justin Sayles, the host of The Wedding Scammer, The Ringer's first ever true crime pod. We've been hunting a con man for a few weeks now, and our hunt is coming to an end. Schemes, heartbreak, how to put on a wire. We've covered all this and more, but there are still a few surprises left. Binge The Wedding Scammer wherever you get your podcasts.
3: Welcome to the Ringer Fantasy Football Show. My name is Danny Heifetz. I am joined by Danny Kelly and Craig Korolbeck. And Sunday of Week 11 is over. And you know what? So, too, is the perfect era of Josh Dobbs. Absolutely devastating.
0: <laughs>
3: Denver Broncos beat the Minnesota Vikings 21-20. to The game just ended. Um, Craig, how do you feel that Amer- an American hero um, has That's been knocked? Fallen. Yeah.
4: I, I try to figure out, like, what is the most impressive thing about Josh Dobbs? And I, I can't pick because there's, like, five. I'm like, is it the fact that he's been on the Vikings for two weeks, maybe, and that he's been on four teams in in a calendar year, maybe? His, like, scrambling ability is second to maybe Kyler legendary. Murray. Legendary, yeah. Like He is the slipperiest dude I've ever seen. Um, he's incredibly poised. He's super tough. There's, like, ten things that Josh Dobbs does better than, like, 70% of the quarterbacks in the NFL.
3: It's like if Michael Vick worked for NASA but didn't actually have any time to practice either of those things. <laughs> Oh man, that was
5: tough. We were and, and like we were texting during the game, uh, just about how great he is. And I remember right when we were texting about how awesome Dobbs is, he's just like reading his wristband two seconds before taking a snap. It was like he's just really just doing everything off the
3: cuff. This just goes into my theory about Madden and that actually like the Madden is just like coaches that haven't played Madden don't know how to manage the clock. But even like bigger picture, like the Overall simulation of millions of people playing Madden has narrowed down the best strategies that work. And it's like running quarterbacks. Everyone in Madden figured that out first. Fourth down, like going for it, get keeping the ball. Everyone figured that out first. Passing over running. Everyone figured that out. And tonight, what is Josh Dobbs doing? Doesn't know the place. He's just, it's like the equivalent of checking the wristband. It's just like, what's this play again? And it's like you hold down the right trigger and you like see what the play is. You're like, right, right. I'll do that, that. And if that's not there, I'll just like uh, scramble. That's all Josh Dobbs is doing. Yeah, but it's underrated. People don't talk about how
4: difficult it is to play Madden. Like you, you pretty much have to pick one to two receivers that you're going to throw to on this play, because there's no way you could process five routes, and then yeah. your brain coordinates that to which button you have to press before it's you get sacked. It's a whole sacked. job. Maybe just as hard as playing real quarterback. Is it harder than playing
5: NFL you know, quarterback? It could That's be. the question.
3: Maybe. <laughs> I'm just saying, like Craig, you know, we were texting. In third, there was a third and twenty or something where they just ran. And they threw the, the check down to touch the other and, it, and they just had the three routes on the left just clear out. And I'm like, and you were like, I've run that play like a thousand times. It's that's a 12 year old bread and butter. Play. It's
4: literally a Hail Mary. <laughs> and then you're running back just sneaks out after like blocking for us one second. And it, it, it and of course, it seems like you're like, oh, they're just going to check down, get 10 yards and try to kick a field goal. No. And then he gets the first down. He gets like 23 yards on the play. Even Russell Wilson's. uh uh, touchdown drive there at the end of the game. Every single pass was just a check down to Samadji P. Ryan all the way down the field and then he threw a touchdown to Cortland Sutton. I swear to God, the check down is like the most valuable pass in the NFL right now.
5: That's a sad state of affairs, Craig. <laughs> That's so depressing. The check
3: down's the most valuable play. I think what's crazy, speaking of the Broncos too, you know the Broncos, they're five and five. The AFC playoff picture right now, The Steelers are hanging on it for dear life, but I mean, we have like the Texans, Steelers, Bills, all six wins. Then we got the Colts and Broncos are right now ahead of the Bengals, Raiders, and Chargers for a playoff spot. It kind of feels right though. I know, but Russell Wilson and Gardner Minshew being ahead of, I mean, Justin Herbert will throw a funeral for Joe Burrow later, but like, oh my God, what a weird group.
5: I thought this was the perfect Russell Wilson experience. Um It's like, I felt like the old man explaining to his like little kids or whatever, like talking to you and and Craig about this during the game. It's like, this is what Russell Wilson, watching Russell Wilson's like, this is what it was like in my day, back in the early 2010s, every Seahawks (laughs) game was just absolutely miserable. They would like eke their way to like 180 yards passing after like, you know, 48 minutes or 50, whatever, how many minutes, 55 minutes of the game. And then Russell Wilson in the fourth quarter, would lead them on like one or two amazing drives and like pull some rabbit out of his hat. And it was like, oh my God, Russell Wilson's the best player. Craig was bitching because Russell Wilson looked terrible for the first three quarters. And I was like, yeah, this is what he always looks like for the first three quarters. It's, and it's miserable. And then they win. And then you don't know how to feel about it.
4: It's, it's the Eli Manning scale. And what it is, is there are, it, it's when you play shitty for 58 minutes and then great for two minutes. And the best at it is Russ. Russ is the Hall of Fame version of it. Then there's the fringe, <laughs> which is actually right. Eli Manning. And then there's the terrible version of it. Eli Manning actually
3: won the two Super Bowls.
4: Uh okay, fair. Still. I'd still think Russell Wilson is
3: better. Eli, Eli Manning is tall Russ, who can't move and see over the line, and Russ is like short Eli Manning, who can't who can move but can't see over the line.
5: This is an interesting one to be. Would you take prime Eli over Prime Russell? 1 trillion percent. That's a, a terrible
3: take. It's awful. Oh, don't care. One, two Super Bowls. <laughs> Russ not going to get me three. It's like the stupidest I'm not throwing thing. my two
5: Super Bowls back no, in the pot talking and trying about, to get better. I'm not, you don't have to change anything about your, your no, precious it's like, Super like Bowls, It's like
4: you have pal. 28-year-old Eli or 28-year-old Russ and you drop them on a, a, an average
3: team in the Super Bowl. Who do you want? Dude, The the de- I, I think that you're right where it's like both of them just don't. I'm you, taking it's Russ. It's not like fun. I'm taking Russ. <laughs> <laughs> but we just saw it. It's like, it's horrific. Also at the end, he had the perfect interview where he thanked the defense God, and then was like, but we haven't done anything yet. I'm like, you know what? Perfect. That's exactly everyone who participated. He was like, thank you. Defense. Thank you. Courtland Sutton. Thank you. God. Also, we've done nothing. I'm like, yeah, that's exactly the Broncos this year.
5: I just think it's so funny because like literally during the game, Craig's just texting. He's like, Russell's terrible. This He sucks. And then I'm like, Looking at the Russell Wilson stats, he has 18 touchdowns. And this was before he threw the game-winning touchdowns. So this- he has now 19 touchdowns to four picks on the year. He has like 105 passer rating. His stats are incredible. But then you actually watch the game. And I'm like, and, and Craig, now I I have myself wondering, like, was Russell Wilson ever good? You know what okay, I mean. Okay, but like, TK, why do the like- Seahawks
3: still play like that? Then that's my only question. <laughs> like the Seahawks haven't changed. It's just Russ is like copy and pasted it. Keith Carroll elsewhere. is still the coach. I know. That's why. All right. Well, other- otherwise, elsewhere, people that are actually fun to watch. I want to just shout out and I want to just do a little award here as we're going to week eleven or I don't into week twelve almost. Jeez, but um, just the I'm just happy for you award, and I would like to just give this out because I feel like we're in a weird place where the the three most fun teams to watch in the NFL right now are the Josh Dobbs Vikings. R.I.P. Not really, they're doing fine. But then also, it's the Houston Texans and the Detroit Lions. Like, those are the three most fun teams to watch. And the Lions beat the doors off the... Not really beat the doors off. Like, they, it's the opposite. Sorry. The Bears Bears were weirdly beating the doors off the Lions. And then the Lions just came back and had the most un-Lions-like victory I've ever seen. They won. They, uh, they ended up winning at the end with, like, a David Montgomery walking touchdown from the one-yard line. And I'm in New York for Thanksgiving. The Lions down 14. Uh, with three points left and my dad's like there's no chance the lions are winning this game next play they score a touchdown <laughs> get back the ball they win and i'm like the lions are now eight and two it's the best start they've had in 60 years and i feel like all our teams 60. suck 60 well it's funny because now we're at the point where the 60s were not 50 years anymore it's like 60 years ago you know you know what i mean i had to do that math in my head in my
4: head the 50 years ago is the 60s 40 years ago was the seventies. I'm still. yeah. In so that. it's like, yeah. Oh,
3: 1962. That's like 50 something. Oh my God. That's 60 something years ago. And so all our teams suck. They're all miserable to watch. It's like, you know, the Seahawks had a brutal loss. The Steelers had a brutal loss. The Giants had a brutal win. And like, do <laughs> we all just agree that like the lions are just a pure joy team to watch.
4: Yeah. And I I think like the way, you know, that things are different with this franchise is that the old Lions would have lost this game. Yes. And, and that tells yeah. you that there it has been a sea change. and I'm really happy for the fans, to be honest, like all of the fan bases, Minnesota, Detroit, um Miami, I'm happy for, like I, this is a great year for fan bases who really deserve it, who have really been through been through the mud for decades and decades. So um and Dan Campbell is lovable. like these are lovable franchises. Dobbs is lovable. It's nice to see Goff get a second run at it. This is like a real redemption tour for, I feel like franchises and quarterbacks on those teams.
3: Yeah, Goff said today, he's like, we didn't really play well, but, like, I guess good, you know, it's good that we came back. And I was like, yeah, no, it's exactly what you're saying. Like, the Lions Lions fans, When was the last? I had a Bills fan text me earlier this year. Wow, I I never thought I'd be at the place where I'd be mad about an ugly win. He texted me that when the Giants lost to the Bills. And he was like, damn, we didn't play well, we won. It's like, Lions fans are like, wait, we didn't play well and we just won anyway like it's it's just you such a weird that. feeling <laughs> it's just so strange it's so fun to think of the lines and then the flip side it's like the texans it's like i just never in my life have tuned in to watch the houston texans and be like gotta see this texans quarterback can't miss tv with this I don't guy to- i do De- know deshaun houston like five years ago that's true was yeah that's electric. fair he had a, yeah that's yeah. fair he had a, that's that's all right fine Um, But then still, they had to do... Do you remember anything before the pandemic? I don't. (laughs) No.
4: (laughs) But still, of course, like they deal with the whole Deshaun thing, Deshaun leaves, and then it's like, oh boy, the Texans are, you know, they're they're doing the Davis Mills run for two years. And it's lovely to see them getting C.J. Stroud. And you know what I like the most about Houston? Is last year, Houston won a a bullshit, uh, useless game in week 18 against the Colts. They won by one. Oh, yes. And And it knocked them out of the first pick in the draft. And everyone's like... This is why, like, this is why, you, this is a problem. You know, like, you got a tank. If you want the first pick of the draft, you, you want a pointless game, and now you're going to ruin your entire franchise. Well, the Panthers got Bryce Young. The Texans get CJ Stroud. It is like the football draft version of Ball Don't Lie, which is why, Heifetz, your Giants winning today, I think you got to stay positive. The, the football gods will reward you for playing good football, and you will end up with the right quarterback.
3: For trying. Both yeah, fucking trying. shit, they will. <laughs> Both fucking shit, no chance. So the yeah, the Texans won twenty-one to sixteen, and I agree with you on your premise. So Stroud was sick, twenty-seven for thirty-seven, three hundred thirty-six yards, two touchdowns, three picks for like the second week in a row through turnovers. That's not one great, was a tip, but really two. Yeah, but for every like he had 336 passing yards. I think he also had 336 million fathers across the world saying, we need a CJ Stroud because that's all I was hearing. He was like, we need a CJ Stroud. And I'm like, I'm trying, but like the giants are losing and I'm watching at my house. I'm home for Thanksgiving. My brother's here. My dad's here. And my dad and I are distraught the giants are winning. My brother wants to win. And I hear what you're saying, Craig. Oh yeah. The Texans. Oh, the second pick. Like I'm also here with like Jets fans Jets fans beat the Rams in their 17-point underdogs. And instead of Trevor Lawrence, they got fucking Zach Wilson. All right. That didn't <laughs> go so goddamn well. That's number one. Number two, the Giants didn't fall from the first pick to the second pick today. They fell from the second pick to like the freaking fifth pick. And if they did beat the Patriots next week, the Giants, the Tommy DeVito Giants, are gonna have like a like the ninth or tenth pick in this draft. And I swear to God, if the Giants don't even get a top 10 pick out of this goddamn misery, the ball is lying. Hi, Fitz, you're the one. This is wild so to me that you're,
5: you're taking this, this tack because Why?
3: Like, we've talked about
5: this like a million times over the last two years. Like quarter, the quarterbacks that fall are the ones that actually do well. It's having a good team around you. It's having like some momentum as a, as a franchise and not just being the absolute fucking worst franchise in the NFL. Like Patrick Mahomes was the 10th pick. Uh, Aaron Rodgers, like going back, was almost a. He was like the one of the last picks of the first. It was basically round. It's basically twice in the last decade
4: that the number one pick has actually. It was like Burrow and
3: Luck. And yes, that's kind but of the it. only quarterbacks that have turned around bad teams were the generational guys. It was Cam Newton and Andrew Luck, and then it was Joe Burrow and like. And now you could say Stroud like it's literally like there is two people like that this year. And Lawrence, if you want to argue with the Jags, you Ketter can or could well, my,
5: my point hyphen's my point more is that we don't know that we don't actually know that.
3: Fair, but I guess what I'm saying, I would push back is that it doesn't the way the Giants are and who the t- is on the team doesn't matter whether Sam Howell makes like five plays. They were down. They were up four. Like the Giants had five turnovers at one point and they were up five points on the five turnovers. And it's like, it's, there's 30 seconds left. I don't need a pick six the other way. If Sam Howell just gets the touchdown on one play, it's one <laughs> play. I'd rather the loss. Uh, I hear what you're saying, but like, God damn it, man. Whatever. For what it's
4: worth, I, I would agree shit. with you. Like I, I believe like in my heart as a fan, I'm like, I don't want to win any of these games. I want the best pick in the draft. So I like understand, but I like to believe in the higher football power.
3: So just, I, I agree with that. Just to also, just to catch ball, people up. We're ball just confused. don't lie power. So the Giants <laughs> lost. The Giants, Sorry, the Giants, still the, Giants lost. The, God, the Giants. Our God, ball don't lie. Yeah, exactly. The Giants <laughs> won 31-19. Praise be. Yeah, pra- Praise be his name. Let me tell you something. The, 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 I don't think the gods are smiling upon the New York Giants. I don't know. <laughs> I have a feeling, guys.
5: Whatever. You beat the fucking Patriots, the, the undefeated Patriots. Somebody's... Smiling down. Dude, that was
3: like the next Super Bowl. It's like the third part of that Super Bowl is this week with the Giants play the Patriots. It's like the bizarre Super Bowl. We both want to lose. Um, all right. So that was, but we should go back to the Texans because it's like the Giants are so pathetic. And I, I, actually, wait. I need to read one thing about Tommy DeVito since you're St. Paul. Don't lie, Craig. Tommy DeVito has more multi passing touchdown games in his career than Cuddy Pickett.
4: Yeah, look. Um, today was. <laughs> Today was, I think, kind of an all-time low in Pittsburgh on the offensive side of the football. Kenny Pickett threw 13, the thirteen tens. Clevel-
3: uh, Cleveland beat the Steelers thirteen. Yes, to 10. they lost thirteen to ten. Walk-off uh, field goal. Kenny Pickett
4: threw the ball past the first down marker one time in the first half. Not, not, I'm not even saying like it completed, just like attempted ball that passed the first down marker one time in the first half. If it weren't for Jalen Warren, you know what, Warren, the, you know what it would they are? The the I
3: think that the I think the Steelers and Look at the field like a pool. And they think that Kenny Pickett can't swim. And they're like, once that three feet thing goes to like five, like you can't go past there. Like that's the only way I can explain the way they run their office.
4: It's a kiddie pool offense.
5: I'm looking at his passing chart right now, Craig. He had one pass past 10 yards in the middle of the field. One pass of more than 10 yards in the middle of the field. Everything else is either a dump off or a swing pass to the right or to the left or like a prayer to the sideline. Hoping that like, you know, Pickens will come down with it, kind of deal.
3: I just I, at what point is this Mike Tomlin's fault? This is just where I'm at. Mike Tomlin, as much as I love him and like I'm not saying still should get rid of him. He would literally be the highest paid coach in NFL history the, with the same day that he got fired. I'm not the, like I, I would snatch him up in a second, but. It's crazy how like he gets all the credit for always having a winning season in the defense and when they win. And when the offense literally is like unplayable, Mike Tomlin, it's, it's like that Matt, Matt Canada is not Mike Tomlin's employee.
4: It's, it's because like I, the Steelers organization treats the team and treats like, like the, their philosophy is, is like a, like a grandfather who's like, just stick with it. You know, it's like millennials change companies every three years but like the way the Steelers put in your 35 years and get a fucking, you get a raise every 10 years and then you retire at 75, get a pension. Yeah. Yeah. And, and you just get a a house at 24. You put in a hard day's work. You get married at 20 and that's your life. (laughs) Have 12 kids, grandchildren by 40. Yeah. And so they're so stubborn that it's like Mike Tomlin might believe that Matt Canada is not the answer. God, I hope he does. But, because they're not the organization that likes to shake things up, they don't do in-season firings. Like they are going to ride this out through the season, and I, I, I wouldn't be surprised the if the Matt Kennedy is the offensive coordinator next year. Well,
5: no, they're going to promote him
1: <laughs> <Yes>.
5: <laughs> again. You put in
4: his time.
1: Allstate wants to remind fans that mayhem is everywhere, like when your fantasy league meets up at your house.
2: Can
4: we shed some, some positive light on Jalen Warren? Because I know he had a good week last week, but it really felt like this week was the debutante ball for Jalen Warren, in my opinion. <laughs> he has officially matured. He's back. And he's, mark- he's in my, he, he, it's like, you know when there's an actor who's getting old and kind of aging out of a certain uh, age range of roles, and then there's like a new young up and coming one that's like sliding in. I kind of feel like that's what's happening with Austin Eckler and Jalen Warren right now. Austin Eckler yeah. looked the slowest I've ever seen him today. He looks like he's he looks like he's getting a little bit older, uh, like there's a little bit of tread on the tires. And Jalen Warren was fantastic. 129 rushing yards today. Najee Harris has done that once in his career, by the way. <sighs> Warren had a 75-yard touchdown, and he's been the RB2 in fantasy over the last three weeks. He's fantastic. He obviously shares the undrafted thing with Austin Eckler. But, um, yeah, I mean, he, he's one of the breakout stories of the year in fantasy.
5: Stylistically, they're... They're kind of similar players, like they're short and stocky, like gyroscope, uh, like balance and, and running ability, plus good in the passing game. Uh, I will say again, anytime you say anything positive about Warren, though, immediately, like I start having negative reactions because Najee Harris had 12 carries for like 29 yards in this no, 12 carries for 35 yards. And then Jalen Warren, nine carries for 129 yards in a touchdown.
3: Eckler's such a good comp because you get the rare like narrative comp of like he's an undrafted free agent behind uh, like why is Melvin Gordon ahead of Eckler like why is Jalen Warren at like behind Najee but also like DK it's so right like they do stylistically have the same stuff and also Jalen Warren's just like low-key bit a top 12 running back the last month and again I think fantasy football is hard because like after week two at this point Jalen Warren was like a better pickup than Devon A. Chain. Which is just like an insane thing, but it's basically true at this point.
4: Yeah, the A-chain thing's weird because if you added Devon A-chain, you, you, he had the big week, nobody had him on their team. Then you added Devon A-chain and then he had that huge week and you were like, oh my God, this is the greatest
3: thing ever. him for.
4: Right. And then the next week he played well, but then got hurt. And then you've been ha- he's been sitting on your roster for five weeks and then you just played him this week and he got two touches and then got hurt. So you've essentially had like one good week of Devon A-chain for probably spending $90 for, of your fab money on him. <laughs>
3: God. Uh, Jalen Warren's an excellent debutante. You guys never saw The Summer I Turn Pretty, did you? It's a great, great show.
4: No, no. I highly recommend
3: saw Never saw it. Whatever.
4: Uh, but there's been others. I, th- I think, I mean, Tank Dell is Dude. easily one of the biggest stories of the season. Uh, mm-hmm. God, I was going through the numbers today, looking at the best, just like year-long stats right now in fantasy. Tank Dell is the ninth best wide receiver in fantasy. Here are the nine guys, the only nine players in the league at wide receiver who are outperforming Tank Dell this year. Tyreek Hill, Keenan Allen, AJ Brown, Justin Jefferson, CeeDee Lamb, Amon-Ra St. Brown, Jamar Chase, Stephon Diggs, and then Tank Dell. And DK, you loved him coming out of college. He has Devonte Smith vibes. Skinny, spindly, shifty. No,
5: no, no. Th- this is like one of my biggest misses, actually, is I oh, didn't did love like him, him enough. I-, I feel terrible about it now because I'm like, I essentially did that thing where I was a boomer and I wrote him off because he's small. <laughs> you know what I mean? I was like, this guy who was the most productive uh, player in college football... And 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 I and it's weird because I really like Devontae Smith coming in. I don't know why I, I didn't have the same feeling for Tank Dell. He won the Heisman
3: and went to Alabama. That's,
5: yeah, for sure. That's probably part of it. Um, but coming in, he's like one of my biggest regrets in terms of like the draft and not ha- not having him higher, not liking him more. Is because he was like 155 pounds. I was like, this guy is too small to play in the NFL. And by the way, he's not just like a slot receiver. He's playing outside for them. He's like their number one receiver. And so he is absolutely breaking the mold, and and I was just too stuck in my old ways, and I was just like, this isn't going to work at the NFL level. He's this 155 pound guy, and then we've seen not only Tank Dell has been like awesome this year, but obviously Tutu Atwell, when he was given opportunities in the in the, in the Rams' offense earlier in the season, he's another guy's like 150 pounds, and it, and he was like really good. Obviously, he kind of got phased out over the last few weeks, but. Um, I have this brand new sort of perspective. Like, these guys can work in
3: the NFL. Wade
4: is not your fate. All of Chip Kelly's guys, like the D'Anthony <laughs> Thomas, Kenyon Barner era, it, 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 all those guys are in the league now. I feel like they'd have 10-year careers.
3: Oh, yeah. They just played in the wrong era. DeAnthony Thomas is a great... Yeah, it's, there are so many guys that just would have been different. But yeah, well, no, Michael you, James, you're totally yeah. right. Oh, my God. Well, I mean, those are all just small running backs who would probably be exactly the same now.
4: They're all just Devon A. Chain. But I also
5: feel like, by the way... We're probably going to chase the next Tank Dell.
3: Well, yeah, I think the important thing is not small people are like the new cheat code. It's more like when a person is has the most yards in college football, don't be like, well, they're not even five nine. He's too small. Like, that's not the number that matters, I think is the point. Uh, that's even the only breakout guy in the Texans. Craig, you texted us at 3 o'clock that you were like, Devin Singletary is probably Jarek McKinnon for this year when Jarek McKinnon had like What do you have, December 1st on? He had like eight receiving touchdowns. Yeah, he just like came out of nowhere, was probably literally on the waiver wire until like week 12 last year. And that was kind of
4: Devin Singletary. I mean, he basically started to steal a little bit of Damian Pierce's touches, but Pierce got hurt three weeks ago. And since then, Devin Singletary is the eighth best running back in fantasy, second in the league in rushing yards, second in the league in carries. And it's all because, I mean, one, Devin Singletary is good. And like, I feel like real like tape grinders have always loved Devin Singletary and thought he was good. Um so I guess it's cool to see this although I I still think Damien Pierce is good but it's I mean the most important thing is that the Texans are productive and good and the problem when drafting running backs this season is you know you, they need to be on good teams usually to be productive and we all thought the Texans were going to be mediocre but because they're good Devin Singletary is like a legitimate option now and he's probably going to remain the starter even when Pierce comes back I don't know how they
3: could go back to Pierce after watching what Singletary done
5: I mean he's just a really good fit for what they're doing on offense and he's always been Craig, like you mentioned um like if you look at the tackle breaking metrics and things like that, he's always been up there. He's just really elusive. He, he, he's another guy. He's like in the Jalen Warren mold in terms of size and, and lowness to the ground. He's just sort of gyroscopically. It's called height. low, But he's <laughs> he's low to the ground. He's short. 5'7", uh, 203 pounds. Obviously, he's not like this typical size of a lead back, but Jalen Warren, Austin Eckler, they just bounce off of dudes. Gyroscopic balance. I'm not over
3: lowness to the ground.
5: I like that. His lowness to the ground is a, it's an advantage. Deuce, Deuce Vaughn. Maybe Deuce Vaughn's the next guy to come out. Guys, Can two people
4: at the, of the same height have varying levels of lowness to the ground?
5: Yes. Yes. <laughs> Could you give me an example? Can you give us two? Yeah, please. Uh, Well, like, you know, pad level. You know the term pad level? Mm-hmm guys just play lower to the ground like you can be the same height but not McTavis play with i mean
4: look i suppose you can have different length legs right if you've really long legs and a short torso actually,
5: that, if you're actually being serious yes that's true
4: your center of gravity is i guess lower if you have yes. shorter legs you're
5: low
3: Do you cut think that's why jared goff can't poop on the road something with his legs just like i don't know
4: something like that
5: although he kind of pooped the bed today at home um, True. maybe he had something bad for well, the lacing threw him off yeah um he made up Craig for it. Craig missed in the end that day. episode.
3: <laughs> I did. Uh, Craig doesn't know what we're talking about.
5: But no, I think uh, yes, Craig. That's you, you. bring up a good point. Like where, how high is your waist from the ground? That should, that should be something
3: that we like.
4: Should know, that be a combine measurement?
3: Yes, Lowness to the ground. Yes, your waist like waist height. Are we already on this? Because we you're said dick, we, should guy, we should measure all the guys. We should measure all the guys to the combine for suits. <laughs> Let's go I like that. yeah, that is good. Uh, yeah, the, the other person I want to shout out for the breaking out this week, just, dude, Romeo Dobbs, the Packers, crazy stat. Tyreek Hill leads the NFL with nine touchdown catches. Romeo Dobbs is in a large tie for second place with just a bunch of people who he has no business being around. He hasn't been, like, outstanding this year. He's, like, a top 40 receiver. But, like, Romeo Dobbs just, I mean, just talk about a Glansberg of all Glansburgs, a guy we've not talked about all year. Meanwhile, it's like, then you got Christian Watson for the Packers, who's you know, a much, you know, 2nd round pick, much bigger deal last year, much bigger deal entering this season. Not only, Christian Watson had a touchdown this week. And I think a lot of people have cut him recently. He had a touchdown. He's like, oh, bounce back. He had two catches for 21 yards, Christian Watson did. And not only, I think, is Christian Watson at this point behind Romeo Dobbs as the number one receiver for the Packers. I feel like Christian Watson is behind Jaden Reed as the number two receiver for the Packers. And DK, I actually think Christian Watson is behind the sixth round rookie Dontavian Wicks as the fourth. I think yeah, that there yeah. are three rook, I'm not kidding. And this is not a hot take. Or I guess Dobbs is not a rookie, but Dobbs is the same itch as Watson. And then I think there are two rookie receivers ahead of Christian Watson on the Packers. Like, is it fair to say Watson's like the fourth receiver on Green Bay? <laughs> I'm not even. I'm not kidding. I this mean, is not a bit. I th-
5: honestly, like if you ask Packers fans, I'm not super in tune with Packers Twitter, but I feel like people in Packers Twitter love Dontavian Wicks and are He's getting good. really getting really fed up with Christian Watson, who is either um, failing to catch a contested pass or getting hurt or dropping something like, you know, he's just been very frustrating this year. Dontavian Wicks had three catches for 91 yards today. Every time he touches the ball, he makes something good happen. Uh, Jaden Reed, by the way, I think flashes every time he touches the ball. And that includes running back carries or like end around type carries. He always, um, he always just makes explosive plays. I don't know, understand why they don't get him more involved. And by the way, with so many injuries at the back at their running back position, he might end up getting some like Randall Cobb style work. Dude, going Christian
3: forward. So, Watson has just been a smaller Slower, less annoying version of Chase Claypool this year.
5: Wow, hundred percent. That's a that's a really good comp actually. Because remember Claypool had like a bunch of touchdowns his rookie year, and then just couldn't do anything after that for multitude of reasons.
3: Ever um, it never but, happened after that.
5: But I mean, like we were very much projecting a lot of probably not replicable big plays from Christian Watson as a rookie, where Aaron Rodgers was just throwing him deep balls. Um, so yeah, that's a that's a really good comp. I like
3: that one brutal uh all right we could probably need a little chaser here all right people that actually bounce back just guys from the dead
4: yeah we've been we've been i feel like we've been selling a lot of guys as lows for like two three four weeks now and we'll get to tony pollard but it was a huge week for a lot of these guys where like uh, the expected fantasy points guys where it was like no no the underlying numbers suggest that these guys are going to bounce back we got to start with the jags the jags won 34 to 14 Trevor Lawrence, number one quarterback in fantasy on the day by, by a, a wide margin. 32 fantasy points. Thank he had God. Two, two touchdowns passing, Love two to running. He looked great. The offense looked great. Everyone's healthy. And then Calvin Ridley, who we just talked about on Power Hour this week. Calvin Ridley, 100 yards, two touchdowns. Number one wide receiver in fantasy this week. He's pretty feast or famine. Like we've said, he has three games with more than 17 fantasy points. And then he's got four games with less than five. So, you know, you kind of want a little more consistency out of that. But... uh so nice to see Trevor Lawrence actually kind of, like, get back to what uh, he used to be. And it's funny. They were talking about it on the broadcast. They said that this is the first week where he felt fully healthy, where he wasn't actively thinking about his knee while playing. Yeah, the two
3: rushing touchdowns, and then he just, like, launched himself at the pylon for, like, I think the first one. And he just, like, I was like, yeah, his knee's fine. Or he's on great drugs. Does
4: this make you think? Both. Probably both. Does this make you think that Trevor Lawrence is kind of going to finish the season- you know, in the top 10 range where he was drafted? Or do you think this is kind of a fluke and they played a bad team?
3: I think that uh, both, I don't think he will be at 31 points each week. I, I do think the rushing touchdowns has always been underrated with Lawrence. I don't think two is fair, but I, it, he's way faster than you think for like a very tall, pale white, six foot six guy runs like a <laughs> newborn he's a gazelle. Yeah. yeah. It's like Jared Goff runs like a newborn giraffe. Like Lawrence, even in Clemson was like, I don't know. He's like, always he's like, he can rush it in. So I don't think it's out of character, honestly, but I know. I think that, uh, you know what? I'm mad because after week one, everyone does like overreactions. We did underreactions, and every week there is something that we're fixed on that actually means nothing at all. And last week it was the Jaguars game getting the, blown out by the Niners and we're like, oh, Lawrence, here's a new person to criticize. They're "They're fine. They're going to be fine. And in a weird way, I almost think that the Texans and Jags might make the playoffs. But the flip side is we were like so focused on the Niners beating the crap out of the Jaguars last week that the actual common thread was not the Jaguars being bad. It's that the Niners just beat the crap out of another team this week. And so I think bounce back was that Brock Purdy and the Niners had lost three straight games. They came back to beat the Jags this week. Brock Purdy just once again Unbelievable, And I think, Craig, it's been a win it, but I think we need to cr- check in on whether you're part of the Brock Purdy cult now. Do you believe? I'm kind of, I'm kind of
4: pivoting, to be honest. Look, I think in, in life, <laughs> you, 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 you learn new things and you change, you adapt, you know? I, I like to say strong opinions loosely held. And Brock Purdy was 21 for 25, 333 yards and three touchdowns, and nobody really gives a shit. Everyone's just no. like, yeah, that's Niners. just Brock Purdy's game. If Patrick Mahomes did that, we'd be like, oh. Ah. Mahomes to be the Collinsworth, like Edric Mahomes. Like Brock <laughs> Purdy is, I think, perhaps the best Kyle Shanahan quarterback. Like he is playing at Matt Ryan MVP levels right now, and he's the last pick in the draft. And he hasn't even played 16 yeah. regular season games in long
5: time. <laughs> uh, This is uh he's like he had a perfect passer rating today. Uh oh, yeah. he is the Nobody first cares. perfect passer rating quarterback for the 49ers since like I don't even know. The Steve, only people to do that or in, No,
3: the only Niners <laughs> quarterbacks that have a perfect pass reading game are Joe Montana, Steve Young and Brock Purdy, which yeah, it's is like, like the fucking
5: MVPs, you know, yeah. legendary quarterbacks. And then,
3: so the Niners beat the Bucks 27, 14. Honestly, it felt more like 35 to seven. I can't explain that, but it's true. Like it, it just, it, it didn't feel any, the fact that it was the 13 point game just feels wrong. Uh, but, it just doesn't look stressful. The, the, Brock Purdy looks so
4: calm. It looks so easy for them. It just looks like they're at practice, like playing seven on seven. Because you know what? Kyle Shannon's playing Madden, Madden in Brock Purdy's head. Well, it, it looks like Madden the way everybody's open by 20 yards every time Brock Purdy steps back to pass. But yeah, I, I'm back to thinking the Niners are the best team in the league again. I'm going to be 10 years from
5: now, Brock Purdy is going to be like a 10-time All-Pro or a nine-time All-Pro. And I'm still going to be like, I don't know how long this is going to last. You know, like, it just feels like this is not replicable going forward. You know, I I, I just don't know if I believe.
4: It's like the opposite of Tony Pollard. Where <laughs> we're like, no, no, it's coming.
3: I admit that when Josh Dobbs throws a game away with like a freaking like, uh, Intentional grounding. I'm, it's the Gordon Ramsay. It's like, oh dear, oh dear, gorgeous. And Brock Purdy has like two bad passes and a forty point win. I'm like, you Fuck.
4: fucking donkey. He has like one. Pick, he has like one shaky interception. Everyone's like, yep. Th- I mean, last pick in the draft. This is what you couldn't expect from a guy like that. I'm like, dude, this guy throws for three hundred and three touchdowns
3: every single week. Here's will admit. Here's where I will admit, the Eagles haven't played yet. I, but. I if the teams are healthy and honestly health is like a way larger determinant of who wins and makes the Super Bowl every year than we ever talk about. And that honestly, like fantasy football, NFL, super similar in that like it's kind of like you have a great team, and then like of the great teams, it's like who's healthy at the end is like most of it. And we never talk about that. But even the real NFL, it's like if you just look the last like seven Super Bowls, six of them are just like the two teams that had the two good teams that had 20 of their 22 players left. So with all with that caveat. The Niners are clearly, like, the healthy Niners are clearly the best team. I swear, like, they just are. They're a buzzsaw. They're with the Eagles. Like, the Eagles, you can hash it out if you want. But I think even Eagles fans, I I don't think, would be like, yeah, we're better than them. Niners fans, they they just are. So I will say, with all that said, if the Niners won the Super Bowl, this is everything we ever said about Tom Brady early in uh, the trilogy. Everything that was said about Purdy, with the exception of the crazy offensive weapons. But if the Niners win the Super Bowl, the Tom Brady stuff's gonna go out the freaking wazoo.
4: But wasn't Brady much more like uh, real defensive, not putting up a lot of points, game managing? Pretty like kind of yeah.
3: But up like, Brady is a game manager in a way. Like he's not doing ho- like the he's a game manager ho- in a new era. Yeah, yeah, yes. Thank you, DK. Like George Kittle's not fucking covered. Like what the throws like aren't like no one's guarding him. Brandon hit the touchdown he threw to Brandon Ayuk last week. Kyle shit and walked up to the podium. was like. That touchdown is the probably the worst decision I've seen him make since he put on the uniform.
5: Well, I, I think I the, the hard the hard part, and I think the, the thing God that's gonna make it. it the thing that's gonna make it hard for Purdy to get the same Tom Brady like mystique or whatever is, is like Is it the, the other idea. six Super Bowls? Well that too, but I'm just saying like the the idea that you could plug like of how many quarterbacks you could plug into the 49ers system and they would just absolutely just fucking shred. And well, that was Brady Manning. That's then, all hypothetical, yeah. but people believe that to their core. You know what I mean? And that's not fair for Brock Purdy, but that's honestly what's going to happen.
3: You know?
2: Are we really saying Brock for Purdy's a few more Kevin years. Durant?
3: Brock Purdy's Kevin Durant. Anyone who could have came to the Bay and won with that team. That's just like, you know, come on, man. Go with a real title, Brock Purdy. Um, other bounce back guys who bounced back this weekend who were super disappointing. D.K. Metcalf and the Seahawks. Yeah. Which yeah. We have to talk about Metcalf and also... The end of that game was bizarre. DK Metcalf put you in position to win the game, and then Seattle settled for a 55-yard field goal, which like 12... Back in your day, when you were talking about the early aughts, teams didn't even try 55-yard field goals sometimes.
5: (laughs) I know. I think Apparently what happened at the end of that game, I don't know if you saw this, but Geno Smith was saying that... So he completed a pass to DK Metcalf over the middle field. They got down to... I don't even know what it was, like 40-something yard line. And all of a sudden, his comms went out in his helmet this is like a patriots era like conspiracy thing that's happening tom brady this yeah made him great he lost all communication they didn't he didn't know exactly what was going on this is the first time it happened in the game and so he called just quickly that run to Charbonnet on the next play they got they got like three or four yards and then they had to clock it and go for the field goal instead of trying to get like 10 more yards on like an out or something like that, you know, five more yards to make it like slightly more palatable. Cause it was a 55 yard attempt to win the game. And obviously uh, Jason Myers missed the, missed the kick, but everyone was like, why the fuck would they run Charbonnet with no timeouts in that situation? And it was uh, apparently because they had lost all comms in their head, headset, it was he 17 to like,
3: 16. And then they missed the field goal. So you guys could have won. And I, yeah, it's, it's just,
5: so that was a tough ending. Um, But if you're looking for silver linings, like D.K. Metcalf, I felt like for the first time this season, they were using him like you would use a number one receiver, like you would use a true alpha receiver. Um, There was multiple plays in this game, including his touchdown in the first quarter, where they did they got him lined up using scheme in one-on-one situations and he just won and like they threw him the ball like that's the thing that we've been wanting that's what we want you to do instead of just spreading it out to all these different guys like use this six foot four 230 pound guy who runs a four three as your number one receiver as like your ball winner and he did it on another play later in the game where they got him in isolation one-on-one situation and he had like a 50 yard uh, bomb down the left sideline so um, he ended up with five catches for 94 yards and a touchdown Um, it feels like this could be the tip of the iceberg in terms of regression coming back and helping Metcalf because over the last couple of years, he's had like one of the most amounts of end zone targets of any player in the NFL, and it hasn't manifested in a touchdown. So hopefully this is the beginning of like good things for DK Metcalf going forward in that area.
3: There were also so many injuries in this game. Gino Smith hurt his elbow, and went to the blue tent and seemed like he'd be out for the game. Then can't put your lock blade. And then Gino came back. Uh, Kenneth Walker left with an oblique injury. Uh, and there were just so many injuries on the day, like Cooper cup left this game with an ankle injury. He he went out and then just overall, like this whole week, like Aaron Jones was carted off for the Packers um, Packers running back, Aaron Jones. And then the same drive uh, Emmanuel Wilson, the uh, one of the other Packers running backs also was carted off like two or three plays later. So the Packers had one running back in the game and that's all coming after Thursday football, the carnage Thursday football where like Joe Burrow is out for the season Mark Andrews is out for the season. Like that was in the first half of Thursday at football. And so like, I know we keep talking about this, but I mean, the fact, I and mean, the fact that we thought Drew Locke was going to be in there. I mean, Zach Wilson was benched. That's probably the best, but then Tim Boyle's out here throwing picks, uh, you know, interceptions are basically big <laughs> sixes. Like, I know we keep talking about how many bad quarterbacks are playing, but like, I don't know how many we can keep adding to the list. Like the fact that we got, I got to figure out who like freaking Jake Browning is like, you know what I mean? And going through it, like, this is crazy.
5: Just getting worse every week. It's like the snowball effect. Every Who are these quarterbacks that are freaking playing in the NFL right now?
3: Tommy DeVito is now one of the more famous players he's in the good. NFL. He's like, yeah, one, he's top 10 quarterback. He's like, I mean, Kenny Pickett could never.
4: <laughs> I think after like 12 weeks, we should just eliminate like six teams from like the, the season.
3: Like like, yeah, yeah,
4: You know, it's like an the eliminator guillotine, The
3: guillotine leagues or whatever. Yeah, like just yeah. do that in the NFL. When Bill's Jets... The other games ended. and There was like eleven minutes in Bills Jets. I was like, it was twenty nine to six. I was like, do we really, Do we need to do this? Who wants this?
5: Yeah. If you get this to week, four. if you get to week twelve and you have less than four
3: wins, it's over.
5: You're done for the year. And the
3: draft picks are determined <laughs> based on the week twelve, dude. Yeah. You know situation? that Ted Lasso joke when they're like, soccer relegation? what's that they explain it. It's like, what? What do they do in America? It's like, oh yeah, everyone just plays out completely meaningless games and completely empty stadiums <laughs> and it's a totally soulless process and. Everyone's pretty much okay with it. <laughs> it's bizarre. Uh, Bengals, I, I know this happened Thursday, but like I, we have to talk. The, the, I feel like the Bengals, it seems more likely than not that they will miss the playoffs, which is absolutely astounding. The Bengals are dead last in the uh, AFC North. And once again, they're behind the Broncos down in the playoff race. And now they have Jake Browning running the offense the rest of the season. I don't know. I don't,
0: even,
3: <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I don't know sucks. what to say. This sucks.
4: Sucks for Burrow, who now two of his four seasons in the league have been riddled with injuries. He's, he's had two healthy seasons out of four.
3: Sucks for Jamar Chase. Sucks for Can TK I say Higgins. an awful thing? Yeah. Burrow is giving me Dan Marino vibes. Dan Marino reached the second, he reached the Super Bowl in the second season. It wasn't, statistically, it probably is the greatest season a quarterbacks ever had. It's not the record anymore, but it, it's like the equivalent of 70 passing touchdowns. Dan Marino having 48 in like 84 and then everyone's like, "Oh, he'll get there." And then he never got back to the Super Bowl. And I'm just calm a little down, afraid for Joe Burrow. Calm down. I'm just saying, like, it'll be fine.
4: Don't panic. Who said panic?
5: <laughs> <laughs> it is. It is going to be hard to uh, have a Joe Burrow, Jamar Chase, T. Higgins trio on a team. Dude,
3: like, he ends a free agent. I don't I know think that's
5: what I'm saying. Back. So this is like I. I understand where you're coming from because now next year it's going to be like. Joe Burrow and some random running back and Jamar Chase and Andre Yosevas, uh, you know, as the number two receiver, who, uh, Trenton Irwin, you know, Charlie what I mean? Jones,
3: it's like, baby. Yeah. It's, it's, a little <laughs> it's like, it's
5: going to be a little different vibe. Um, and it, it is almost like capturing lightning in a ball. This is also what the 49ers are doing this year. Like the amount of skill player talent they have is insane. Like we're never going to see this again. Maybe that's why eventually Purdy will fall back to earth. But until then, like we should just enjoy this, but like with Joe Burrow, it's, it's tough because now they're going to have to figure out a way to get him back to like, you know, the peak of where he was a couple of years ago or last year.
3: Yeah. All all these injuries, we'll get to a lot more of these on the waiver show and like the fallouts so like, you know, Burrow, what to do with the Bengals and, you know, get Ken Walker, you know, at Cooper cup, like a lot of these injuries, we'll get more information. We'll talk about on our waiver show on Monday. And we'll also still have power hour and our, uh, Thanksgiving ish awards, uh, we can preview this week, but I I, will get to those injuries. I do want to just shout out one team. I'm going to give the formula one award to the Miami dolphins because the dolphins went against Vegas. you know, played Vegas and they had their like sports car formula one, like racing speed receivers. And they like won the game, but they got the absolute crap kicked out of all their cars. Like all the formula one cars in Vegas this week. were like, apparently they're going so fast that they were vacuum sucking the potholes up and shattering like the, the underneath the carriages of the car. And that's what it felt like watching this Dolphins game where Tyreek kills out running four Raiders and then just running into the tunnel. And then Devon Chan just hurts his knee after like two or three touches. And I just, I don't know. The Dolphins won was a 2013, but and yet I felt so much worse about the Dolphins after this game ended.
4: Doesn't feel the same. I apologize, Carlos. It just doesn't feel the same. Also, no. what's, what is the scenario in which Jalen Waddell has a good football game? Dude, I was thinking that. (laughs) Do that for me. Is it not them at home (laughs) against the shitty Raiders and Tyree Kill's hurt? Like, what else needs to happen? No Devon A-Chain?
3: Explain that. All the Raiders corners are hurt. Marcus Peters was hurt. Like, what else do we need? Tyree Kill got hurt. It looked bad. Then he was fine. And then Devon A-Chain looked fine, and he didn't come back. But, like, Waddle, he's just... He had some good catches. Look at... They had two... uh, Uh,
5: had 10 completions to Tyreek Hill. The next closest was Waddle with four. Yeah,
4: he had 55 yards. That's not what you drafted him for. Tyreek Hill had like a 55-yard catch. (laughs) Tyreek Hill
5: is like one of the best receivers in the NFL. I understand like... If you're making a compa- uh, comparison, oh, Carlos has entered you're the You're going to be
3: chat. disappointed. Carlos is coming in. DK, though, no, this has been our theme all weekend. We're going to be the Craig Waddle defender. Like, DK's just on the defending waddle. waddle, and we're like, but you're not living in the world. You're thinking about Waddle and his potential and his draft stuff. In the world of having Jalen Waddle this fantasy season, you took him in like the third round. He's had one game all year, week one, and then like two weeks ago. And you're like, I, this person took in third round. You've been happy that you've had him like once or twice. Wide receiver
4: year. 26 this year, Jalen Waddle. That's not it. He was like the 24th pick Overall,
5: you guys are just picking. I feel I we're I not mean,
3: picking on him. He hasn't been no, good.
5: I don't actually like have a emotional attachment to Jalen Waddle, but I just think it's weird that you're picking him out of like all the players that have sucked this year. Pick He's on
4: on, like, the Waddle, who's been perfectly fine. He, he, he was he, he wasn't even on the field when the team scored seventy. It's like what do you do here?
3: You the know, offense pass it to the Italians, not pass it to the Italian
4: singular it's supposed
3: to be plural
4: i thought waddle had a good game he made a couple of he
5: nice didn't
3: catches. not for me
5: carlos you come in here tell me tell me what's up yes, Why, am i wrong for defending Jalen waddle
0: as, as someone who's very invested in Jalen waddle fantasy uh I am kind of on DK's page, but it's, but the problem is like, I'm a Dolphins fan. So it kind of skews everything. Like, <laughs> who, like if the Dolphins win and Jalen Waddle has like nine points, I'm like, all right, whatever. It was a solid, but in See, general, that's, what I'm I saying. Agree. that's
5: exactly the, that's the yeah, entire nine vibe.
0: Points. Yeah. A hundred percent. That's
5: what I'm saying. You've never been like, oh, he fucked me. It's always just been like, ah, DK, that's half PPR that's seven that. and a half. Okay. That's like a play. He's the wide receiver. He's the wide receiver twenty six. He was the wide receiver like twenty two as of coming into this week. He's not fucking you. This is you guys. You're not not understanding what I'm saying. He's a he's he's a so Mad about this guy who's been like slightly below. We're not mad, DK. We're just
3: disappointed. (laughs) Yes. This is what half PPR. Deacon Find someone else PPR to like,
0: get mad about. It. He's like, you don't need to get mad about Jalen Waddle. It is weird that Tua, either Tua or McDaniel, just like forget that he exists sometimes. Like, yeah, he had four catches today. Three of them were on the drive that Tyreek Hill was injured and in the locker room. Like, on, <laughs> so when Tyreek was gone, Tua was like, oh yeah, Jalen Waddle exists and threw to him three times in the, on the drive. And I think this card touched on that drive. Uh, yeah. So I don't know what it is. It's, it's really strange because last year they both were able to eat and it was fine. But it's just not the same this year with Waddle specifically.
3: <sighs> All right. Well, I'm sure that this is resolved. It's just, the a we- it's just
5: a weird guy to be so, so much anger directed to him. I feel like.
4: I'm, tr- I, I'm trying to figure out how to articulate this in a different way that, that makes it more clear how we feel. It's
5: Hyfitts ah. is screaming at me, Craig. You're not. You're not really the one that's the problem here. Hyfitts is screaming <laughs> at me about Jamal. Well, that's, well
4: look, that's usually the. Case.
5: <laughs> <laughs> like fucking take it down a notch. This is what I say to this is what I say to my son. I my son Calvin when he gets really really upset about some like innocuous thing. I'm like, take it down two notches. It's not that big of a deal.
4: When I hit that half court shot, they were like, "You're going to win a car," and I was like, <laughs> "Amazing." <laughs> And then they were like, and I was like, oh, I just made it. Where's my car? And they're like, two-year lease. <laughs> Jalen Waddell's a two-year lease right now.
5: This, yeah, I know. But this, to me, that's like, you know, don't look a gift horse in the mouth. You Dude, know?
3: they said he'd get the car. He made the <laughs> shot. It wasn't a gift. You should read the fine print. Oh no, there was no fine
4: print. I wasn't presented with a contract. I'm just kidding. Oh my
5: god. I understand where you're coming from. And honestly, if Craig was one that was trying to tell me this, I'd probably be like, Yeah, I get that. But Heifetz <laughs> is screaming at me.
0: Gets my
3: it gets my hackles up or whatever you call it. Yeah. All right. Well, speaking of screaming, Brandon Staley in the press conference. He didn't scream, but Brandon Staley got really mad in the press conference. And I'm not gonna lie, I thought it was really funny. Um, he was basically asked, I don't what was he exactly asked? He was asked, like, you gonna fix the defense or what? I feel like that was the vibe. And it was basically about calling the defense and he basically did the Nick Saban like so. Quit asking. Like he did this like long answer <laughs> about like because I don't know if you know, but the Chargers lost another close game that they should have won in the fourth quarter, twenty three to twenty to the Packers. I one, I have this very long article on the Ringer that is updated with every Chargers loss. That's really sad from like two thousand. <laughs> you update from, that? That's from, amazing. Yeah, I've I've updated it three times from two thousand six <laughs> to now from last year, and it's every sad Chargers loss. And like the amount of times I have to update it. And the most incredible thing doing it was how the DNA of the team has gone through like five coaching staffs and I'm sitting there and what I have at the end of every loss since 2006, I have a sad quote from the coach and I was watching this game and I was like, wow, I wonder what like sad thing Brandon Stowe is going to say after this. And he literally said, I cannot believe he said this. He basically was like, they're asking, he goes through this long thing. And he's like, so stop asking the question. It's like, stop asking me. You could stop asking me about the defense. It's not going to change. Like, don't put it in the newspaper. I'm mad. Brandon Staley's not going to be on the team next year, is he? There's zero chance. It's sad that he was clean shaven. And then he grew the beard. And the beard was sad. And then they won. He shaved the beard. And now I was watching this clean shaven Brandon Staley get mad again. And I'm like, you can't do that. You can't go clean shaven to beard, back to... Looking clean and then like sad again, like that's just so like it's it's such a snip snap.
4: Remember how we talked about uh, on our on our Friday preview show? We talked about Josh Allen going to play the Jets and how this was kind of a referendum on Josh Allen's career. And if he lost to the Jets, it, we'd be kind of over the hump with Josh, and we would have kind of decided, all right, like maybe he is the problem. I think this loss to the Charger or to the to the Packers by the Chargers is like is a real. Um, I'm, I'm finally like fully doubting them as a, as a franchise organization in this Herbert era where I'm like, I actually don't, I don't know what the problem is anymore. I still think Herbert is very good, but we were having an argument over text about who would you have right now? CJ Stroud or Justin Herbert for the next 10 years. And I know, yeah, like in I know a vacuum. in a vacuum and it's like, I know Brandon Saley's not the best coach. I know Herbert started with Anthony Lynn, but now he has Kellen Moore and they're, they're doing well enough offensively. I know the defense isn't great. But where do you guys stand on that right now? CJ Stroud or Justin Herbert, next 10 years? On, you know, to contracts be clear, aside, it's in a vacuum. Aside,
3: yes. It's in a vacuum because if Stroud was on the chair, I wouldn't take Mahomes on the Chargers versus like Tommy DeVito somewhere else. The Chargers are cursed, but we're extricating them from whatever curse has been on their house.
5: I mean, I I my place is or my my position is I would take Herbert. Um, and it, maybe it's just me. Holding on to the idea that we've seen more from Herbert, like we have a longer track record. I'm still, you know, waiting for their shoe to drop with with Stroud. Even though I love Stroud, I'm very excited. But he is already considered, I think, like a top seven quarterback in the NFL. It's been like 10 games or 11 games. And it's like, I just don't want to jump to too many conclusions so quickly about Stroud being like this top six, top seven guy. Someone better than Justin Herbert, who has like the most insane... Collection of highlight throws you've ever seen from any quarterback in this generation, other than like Patrick Mahomes, like his his peak throws, and he can run by the way too, um, are just like otherworldly. But he's stuck on this team that is it's in their DNA to absolutely just
3: blow every game. But what does that and mean? So what does that mean? I don't it's know. In their DNA. I don't know. Well, uh, dude, no, it does. The charge. Well, the thing about Herbert, I'm the Herbert stuff. I'm not willing to put losing on Herbert because again, the stat I go back to with him. I specifically, agree. I agree. Like The the idea that he hasn't been in a playoff game, I reject because they, they had a win-in-playoff game and he converted like four fourth yes. and tens. That, right like that was like the greatest fucking fourth quarter. Like, we're just forgetting
5: was, about some of the shit he's done. It's like, The
3: you know? greatest performance I've seen from a modern quarterback, like it's in the conversation with anything I've seen in like non Brady division in like my entire life. But the, the, I, the Herbert, the thing I'll say is his rookie year, if we just sliced off the first like 10 games of Herbert's rookie year, we were also like freaking out. Um, and I also think it's something to was said about like happiness is just reality minus expectations and like we just have higher expectations for Herbert. We don't have any expectations for Stroud and I think it's silly to not, I think my my gut answer when you asked me that question was Stroud. My real sober answer is we just have like, we thought Herbert would, would MVP, maybe, or would be talked about and I think that that's clouding it. So I agree with DK, like the reality is Stroud threw three picks today and they won anyway and it's like silly sometimes to me where it's like, well, if the defense had just done worse, we'd be mad at Stroud for throwing the fix.
5: This or is not, this is won. the Gordon Ramsay thing. It's like every time he makes a mistake, we're like, oh, oh, dear. Oh, oh.
2: gorgeous, gorgeous. <laughs> Brock Birdie. does great. We're you, like, oh, you donkey. donkey.
4: <laughs> I don't know. Through three picks today. I think I agree with you that it's probably Herbert, but there's, I don't know, there's an intangible. It's close g- to I think. Stroud has the Joe Burrow Yes, he does.
3: Winning aspect it,
4: to it him. It's some people win and some people don't. And I, I, it's an X factor, intangible, whatever you want to call it. And it feels like Stroud has already had three games where he's shown that. And Herbert's, it's always weird. I don't know why. I think I he's agree. the, the most you know talented thrower in the league. And yet it still Stephen feels
3: weird. Steven Ruiz, who's like as Herbert as it will get, like the most pro Herbert guy in the world will admit that herbert what he lacks if anything of an elite trait is like the creativity and sometimes like he's almost robotic in that he just kind of almost executes the play he's like, like a a Terminator. too much of like yeah, you know, what, what
5: what so even just with this game today, he made like the most incredible play, threw it down the sideline, and, and uh Quentin Johnson, Quentin Johnson, just dropped, Johnson it. dropped it. Like, what how different would the narrative be if that hadn't happened? You know what I mean? We
3: have to talk about that drop because also Quentin Johnson, that was a first round pick, and I get it, got it raw. He was always raw coming in, and he wasn't like a contested catch guy. He wasn't like supposed to be great hand catcher coming in. But then Josh Palmer on IR, Jalen Guyton does comes back, doesn't play. Mike Williams turns ACL. It's like, okay, oh, Gerald Everett's. I was like, all right, Quentin Johnson, like down four guys like this is kind of your time Think about that drop it wasn't like in his hands staring at the quarterback it was like running but it's like those gloves they wear are so <laughs> goddamn sticky oh yeah like we don't talk angle. about drops enough they're so have you have you guys ever worn the gloves that nfl players wear yeah no
5: they're insanely sticky it's like playing with stick on your hands
3: i am not saying i could do those things at all but i'm saying you can just kind of like Stand still and try to do the Odell Beckham catches, and you're like, Oh, I get this. Makes so much more sense now when you wear the gloves. Like with a smaller football, you just like, I could do this. Like it's obviously harder in an NFL game, but it's like, it hit both the hands. It hit like 10 fingertips. Like I don't, like the, they're so sticky.
4: <laughs> do, do you guys think there's a correlation between quarterbacks who throw the ball really hard and drops? Is that a thing that people have looked yeah, into? Yeah, yeah.
3: Yes, yes. Josh Allen had that problem. Anthony Richardson has that pro- or before he even Herbert the just like throws balls on a
4: fu- Herbert throws balls on a rope. And sometimes I'm like, there's
3: a, there's a lot of like memes out there right now, but
4: like, when, like J- Josh Allen has a receiver open five yards down the field, and then it's like a guy throwing a baseball 108 miles an hour. <laughs> <laughs> Hi, Vince, do you think you you've worn the gloves. Do you think if you were in that position of where Quentin Johnson was, you would have caught that ball? Sounds like, yes. Oh, I never would have <laughs> been in
3: that position. I could not run for 30 yards in a row, <laughs> but if I was standing still, dude,
5: gloves, maybe. By the way, this is off topic, sort of, but people have I've gotten a lot of tweets about people being mad at me that Craig, I, that, me saying that Craig could run a four nine nine or above in a in a forty, They're yeah, like that's they ridiculous. don't buy that shit.
4: Of course, dude. Of course, DeAndre an inc- Hopkins you know ran why? Like a
3: four 8. I think you know you know he could. Why DK? It, <laughs> it, if you're right, with it's a little worse. training,
5: let me train you. We'll do a montage.
3: No, you know. it, I would it, love. It Actually, undermines that. the entire process. Because if anyone who's like even kind of athletic can just be a four nine, then what the fuck does this all mean?
5: I think anyone who's kind of athletic can be a four nine. Yes.
4: I, I don't crazy. think so, man. I do. It's crazy that DK's the one who does like the, the combine scouting and like he's confident I could run a four nine and, and Heifetz <laughs> and I are like not draft experts at all. And but I'm, like, like dude, no, what's nuts way. is like
3: four sevens in the NFL. That's the margin we're talking about? Dude, Keenan four Allen. Four seven
4: for like what?
5: Four seven is like really. That's like really fucking slow for a receiver. Keenan Allen ran a four like seven
3: one.
4: Yeah, Keen
5: that's down. like he's like one of the all time outliers, Craig. But that's is, usually like a deal breaker.
3: I know, but he's like a top five fantasy receiver right now. Okay, he's all we're all getting famous. off topic. I'm not saying even you're wrong. I'm saying that that you being right is almost shatters like the grand illusion. I think I'm like, what's I think you I think
5: your your vision of like how fast a four eight is is not correct like it's not that fast it's not that crazy to run a 4-8
3: maybe the problem is like i, I it's just a decimal problem that i can't actually process a tenth of a second okay so jared like, goff i just
4: looked it up jared goff runs a four eight two. 8 yeah. does that change anybody's do you think thoughts? he's
3: fast
5: do you think he's fast
3: i don't you it's just like, call
5: you high you called him a, a what was it a baby giraffe earlier yeah, newborn baby You giraffe. literally, on this show, called Jared Goff a baby jerk. Yeah, giraffe. and
3: relative to all the elite athletes around him, This is a Greg Maddux quote, who's like one of the greatest pitchers ever. And I he's don't like a think car. If you saw like, him run at in real life, you'd think he's fast. I actually have seen him run in real life, and that's true. I did not think he was fast. <laughs> you know what I, I, okay. I, now that I think about it? I refuse okay. to
4: believe, I re, I reject the statistic that Keenan Allen is 0.1 seconds faster than Jared Goff. That's true. <laughs> that has
3: to be wrong. No I think way. so. Here, the bottom, here's the bottom
5: line. Here's the bottom line where I think you guys are, I think we're not really that far apart, but like, I think to me, the difference between a 4.8 and a 4.4 is like fucking massive. Like when you see someone run a 4.4, it's insane how fast they are. Like you don't think it's physically, humanly possible for someone to run that fast. I think a 4.8 is like, Jared Goff can run a 4.8. Like, he's not a fast person. (laughs) Like, I don't care that he's an NFL quarterback. He's not a fast person. Like, he's like a
3: normal speed person. The problem is all these numbers start with four. Like, we haven't normalized it. This is what I'm getting to. to The
5: magnitude between 4.4 and 4.8 is, like, fucking gigantic. It's it's, the Grand Canyon.
3: It's percentiles. It's that this the entire scale is between a four two and a four eight. Like when entirely, you see yeah, it's, when it's you see silly.
5: a two hundred and thirty pound person, this is why like it was so impressive when a- Anthony Richardson ran. It. When you see someone that big run a four four or four three, it's like that is a superhero. It looks literally like you're watching a superhero. <laughs> it's it's crazy. Anyway, this is like we've gotten so off topic. I just wanted to bring that up. But like what I was really gonna say, Craig, to get it all the way back is. Um, Pete Carroll has espoused this and it goes back to like the days with Joe Montana and Bill Walsh and all this. Bill Walsh said, the only thing you need as a quarterback is to throw a catchable football. And it's like, you don't even have to have it that hard. Just throw it so the the receiver can catch it. Put it where he can get it. Put it so it's catchable. And so like a catchable football is a massive, like a really big part of like what Pete Carroll believes is like a key to being a quarterback. So yes, I do think you can throw too hard to, to bring it all the way around.
4: And like a guy like Joe Burrow, just eye test, he throws a catchable football. And there are some times with Herbert, he'll make the most impressive throw I've seen all month. But it's on such a laser, and it's right in the guy's hand. But it's going hundred miles an hour. And unless you're dealing with, unless he's throwing a Keenan Allen who has like the best hands in the league, if it's like Jalen Guyton, it's it's harder for those guys. I feel like to catch those those missiles.
3: All right, here's the problem. No, here's the problem. <laughs> missiles. I, I'm hearing what everyone's saying. Just a piss rush. And I I'm hearing what everyone's saying. Okay. Here's my issue. I'm on the Wikipedia page for 2023 NFL draft. 21th overall. Chargers. 20- 21. 21.
0: 21st. That's <laughs> that like what I would say.
3: I fucked that up. I you do know what's great about setup. this show,
4: though? Like every other podcast on the planet would go, well, I'm going to retape that. And we're like, nah.
3: <laughs> and like nah. He's an idiot. It's the whole bit. <laughs> he's a host who can't talk. It's great. It's like, anyway, Chargers took Quentin Johnson. Ravens next pick, say Flowers. Next pick, Vikings, Jordan Addison. Those dudes can catch. Why did the Chargers, <laughs> if they're like Justin Herbert, great quarterback, all the right decision, arm on arm football, not that catchable. Why'd they take the one receiver who can't catch the goddamn ball? And we knew that entering the draft. Take Jordan Addison. Why did it, Why did the to, Vikings?
5: Jordan, Heifetz or was it not the Vikings? Who who took Jalen Rager? Seahawks,
3: no, oh, Eagles. one
5: pick before Justin Jefferson. That's right. Eagles. Sorry. Eagles. Yeah. yeah. The, Viking, I know, and but the Vikings like, took Justin Jefferson.
3: We're talking about how the one identifiable issue, if there is one with Herbert, is that his balls are catch. catchable. We took the one guy who were like, I don't know if he can catch. That's crazy. Whatever. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah <laughs> Whatever. Correct. Draft, correct. Draft is weird. Yeah. Uh, all right. Other stuff. Uh, we should probably get out of here. Do the burn book.
5: <laughs> Sorry, I derailed
4: our
3: fucking 21th. show. <laughs> 21th is bad. Uh, it's burn like book. a.m. here. We're
4: looking pretty good. Week nine. We burned Tony Pollard and DK Metcalf, who had great uh, games today. We haven't talked about Pollard. We should probably mention Pollard.
3: <laughs> oh, I actually, I I messed up. I had I I saved Pollard to the end for burn book because I forgot we already burned him. I want to burn him again, even though he had a good week. I want to re-burn him. Why? Because wow. Because he had a touchdown. Finally, he broke the streak. It's like nice still had like 60 rushing yards against the Panthers who were like the worst run D in the league. I actually think the fact that Pollard needed a Herculean touchdown. Incredible he dragged run. Five people like Marshall Lynch. That was Lynch. a run like, of a guy
4: who's been listening to the Ringer Fantasy Football Show for nine weeks. <laughs> yes. And it's like, I'm sick of them. Fuck these My guys. My issue is,
3: looked super hard. Like, I just, I, I honestly, like, that was the, like we're talking about Giants-Panthers back-to-back, like these two, like, games at the the Cowboys played that weren't even close and I was like alright congrats you got like 90 yards and 16 touches that's your great game like I if anything I feel worse about his ceiling this is just beginning we're you all we're taking Tony it to the Baller? moon again well I forgot we did the first time I kind of just was scrambling when he <laughs> DK, <laughs> probably don't need to burn him again
4: DK you mentioned a guy today when we were talking watching the games who I think we should burn it's freaking Gabe Davis oh my yeah. gosh
5: Yeah. so two out of the last three games he's had zero points zero catches He's had two catches in his last three games. What are we doing? I think uh, Dalton uh, K. Crazy. What's the that's what's the right. rewatch? That's we'll not s- right.
4: DK he had he had he's had eleven catches in his last three games. I'm looking at his stat line. Oh my D-K's god, he's not no. good at math live on air. No, sorry, you're right. I didn't I, because it's a zero against the Jets. I thought like that they hadn't played that week yet. So you're right. <laughs> it's because he had zero targets too. So I thought it was like a, a game yeah, yeah. that had yet to be played. You never mind. You're correct. <laughs> we'll also keep it. this in the pod.
5: Don't worry, they're not going to populate it ever, Craig. It's always going to stay how it is. It's also uh, it's not
3: two cad. It's tooth, tooth, Zeroeth.
4: So yeah. So Gabe Davis has gone zero eight zero. 19-1-1. <laughs> <sighs> uh,
0: That's
3: Dalton so Kincaid. bad.
5: Dalton Kincaid is here, and now they don't need Gabriel Davis to have any targets.
3: He market-corrected him. Yes. Dude, Khalil Shakir market-corrected Gabe Davis. He looks I'm good not too. kidding.
5: Like Khalil Shakir is better than Gabe Davis. He's Dave. been better. I'm, ready, I'm already ready to say that.
4: Speaking of dudes who
5: can't catch Gabe Davis.
4: Gabe Davis is Just so good to be on the Cowboys one. in like two years. <laughs>
5: doing the Michael Gallup thing.
3: Yes.
4: They're going to get rid of Gallup and it's going to be Gabe Davis. It's going to be the exact same thing.
3: Can we get a memento tattoo that's like, just never, I don't care if you scored four touchdowns at the playoffs.
5: (laughs) 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 That's the tattoo? But that game, see, this is the problem because he looked awesome in that game. You know what I mean? Yeah, the
3: Chiefs cornerback sucked. They just kept targeting the same guy. It's more about that guy. Gabe Davis, you're in the book. Oh, all right burn right, books back babies. baby mean girls Dalton Kincaid looks great oh though. yeah dude the mean all right Craig what's the deal with this mean so the mean girls, so the mean girls reboot is it's back not, yeah it's not a it's, it's not a it's, reboot I don't think I, I don't know but Lindsay Lohan was in the commercial today she's the, not in the she's did, not in the movie though but there was a commercial that was like a spawn con thing with the she's not the principal in the movie she was the principal in the ad today uh, and I, I thought I it do, was sponsored by mean girls something else she's not in the movie I think she's just, I think she's just
4: helping promote the movie. Tina Fey is in it and playing, I believe the same teacher character. So she played. Some
3: of the characters who are in the movie are in the movie. It is and just, some of the characters who are in the movie are just promoting the movie. Pretending correct. to be the movie.
4: It is just Tina Fey and Tim Meadows, I believe are in the Mean Girls movie. And the characters Lindsay are the Lohan. same
3: names. Uh, Correct. But
4: That's they're correct.
3: singing, but they don't, they cut the singing out of the trailer.
4: Yeah. It's called, it's called the Wonka. Uh Timothy Chalamet is playing Willy Wonka in a movie coming out in December. That's also a musical, but the first trailer doesn't have any singing in it. And Wait, it's like
5: bad? Wait, it's a musical? Well,
4: it's a musical. Don't but people don't really know that because I think people hate musicals, so they want to brand it as just like a non-musical at first and then kind of slip it into the last second.
3: So why'd they make a musical <laughs> if people hate musicals? Gr- great question. We'll see how this movie does. <laughs> it's like it's like draft a guy who can't catch when it's the only thing you need.
5: You know what people love is when they when they completely Make something totally different than what you're expecting.
3: Is that like when we do a waiver
5: show? This is like the Jalen Waddle the for you guys. This is why you guys are so mad at Jalen Waddle. It's like they made tried to make him into a musical. This is what not what you're expecting, and they, it was sprung on you.
3: Yeah, what's this Gabe Davis zero catch interlude here?
4: The thing with Mean Girls it doesn't make any sense. It's like it, it's a musical, and and that's the differentiator. That's what like will draw you in. It's like oh. Cause the trailer suggested is literally a shot for shot remake of the 2004 movie, which has not aged in such a way where it requires, it wasn't made in 1968. I would just go watch
3: mean girls. Yeah.
4: Which ages, which has aged really well. And, and it looks great. The only way you can tell it's a musical is because in the little, uh, the logo at the end, there's a little musical symbol in the, in
3: like the G. <laughs> so can, can I ask I, you a serious it? question? <laughs> why did they, like, you'd think they put a lot of thought into like remaking mean girls. So why did they be like, we're going to green light this as a musical. And then later, once they'd made it, they'd be like, yeah, but no one wants to see musicals. Like, so then why did they, did that change? It was a Broadway
4: play and it was really successful. And it was with Renee Rapp, who's playing the- Which is a musical. Yes. And I think it was so successful. Maybe Tina Fey was like, let's write the 2023. Let's just, let's just convert this into a movie. And they were like, of course, Tina Fey, anything you want. Mean Girls, let's do it. Remake, we'll make money. And then, I don't know, maybe they're like, maybe this is a strategy among musicals where it's like, if it's a remake and it's a musical, we will pretend it's not a musical until we can't anymore. I don't know what to tell you. I mean, like La La Land's a musical. We knew that was a musical going in.
3: It's like the Mike Davis of plot, I don't know. Uh
4: Yeah, I, I, I kind of have no interest in seeing a shot-for-shot remake of Mean Girls. I, I like the original one. It's still good. I don't know.
5: DK, do right. you have thoughts?
4: Have you seen Mean Girls?
5: I've seen Mean Girls. I really like Mean Girls. I don't think I'll watch this one. Shame. Yeah. There's just a lot of content out there, you know? And there, there's a lot of stuff on my list I still need to watch. I've never even seen... I, I haven't even fucking watched Oppenheimer yet. I need to watch that. Mm. You got to get you on know, Oppenheimer's in the way of me watching Mean Girls.
4: So there's a non-zero chance you watch Mean Girls. <laughs>
2: yeah. I, got, I understood. I understood that reference. All, yeah. Almost zero. Yeah.
5: <laughs> Even though I haven't seen the movie, I, I understood that reference. Yeah, almost zero. Cha- <laughs> That's
3: the best part. Almost zero chance this podcast over. Thank you, DK. Thank you, Craig. Thank you, Carlos, for producing this episode. Thank you, Lauren. Lauren, who produced Mean Girls the musical. <laughs> <laughs> what the fuck, Lauren? God, dude. Lauren,
5: inventor of the toaster strudel. Uh, uh, thank you, Three Dog Night.
4: Oh, what's, Craig? What, uh, Craig? they sing, they have one really huge song, right?
5: Yeah. It's, uh, on, well, you'd probably know it most from the shit. What's the movie? Dirk Diggler movie. Boogie Nights.
4: Boogie Nights. Oh, I'm not going to get it. What is it?
5: Mama Told Me Not to Come.
4: Oh, Mama that's not the song I'm thinking of. Mama Told Me Not to Come.
5: They also sing Joy to the World, which is like their most yeah, famous yeah, song yeah. by a lot.
4: Oh, and Shambhala. JK, they're not, a, yes. they're not a
3: one-hit wonder. Yes. it's Heifetz Heifetz says no thoughts. Heifetz? No, I knew the second two. I should just Google the Mean Girls movie. <laughs> Heifetz can't get over this. He's, he's <laughs> I'm just like, why would you make a musical and then like be like, yeah, but no one likes musicals? I actually
4: fully agree. I, I don't understand.
3: It's just like, I.
4: I I shouldn't say nobody likes musicals I think musicals have done well like you know if
3: if people like musicals it's just weird that they've the people who made the musical decided no one likes musicals that's weird
4: I think it's odd that they're not marketing it as a musical that to me feels weird
3: email us at ringerfantasyfootball at gmail.com if you have thoughts on the Mean Girls thing All right, I was gonna do thank you again I've been doing that recently it was just goodbye now All right, goodbye everyone